0: we're like in a weird tightrope act because it's like on the one hand it's gross like we keep having these butt shots and they just stare at her butt the whole time and fight over which one's gonna follow her into a tube
1: i said it before and i'll say it again life moves pretty fast you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it
0: never fear change life is too short
2: for fear chase what is desire
1: i can do this all day would you mind identifying what you are we're the best friend squad That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Welcome to the rodeo, ladies and gentlemen. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. This is the way. I have spoken.
2: Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanti Show, Torture Cinema.
1: It's a double dragon because somebody put a ring on the single dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
2: (laughs) I'm Jen. I'm Sean. And today on Torture Cinema, we have an incredibly special guest who has been on the show before, but not in a while, and she's always amazing, the wonderful Tanya Ransom of Nightlight Podcast. Welcome to the show, Tanya.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. I
2: am too. It's always so much fun to have you. (laughs) Thank you. So tell everybody where they can find you and tell us about Nightlight, and then we will get started on our Torture Cinema today.
1: All right. So Nightlight is a podcast that publishes work written by black writers and performed by black actors. You can find us anywhere. You can listen to podcasts pretty much. And if you can't find us on your podcast platform of choice, let me know. You can do that through Twitter at NightlightPod. Or if you want to talk to me directly, you can at me at mystifying, M-I-S-S-D-E-F-Y-I-N-G
2: fantastico Mm -hmm. and even though i've had to take a break from editing the wonderful nightlight podcast it is still wonderful even without me
1: (laughs) you know what it's it's a task though
2: it is a a job it is a job um okay so we are here today to discuss the amazing video adaptation (laughs) and by amazing i mean not actually amazing i mean amazingly bad video game adaptation 1994's double dragon based on the 1987 beat-em-up video game of the same name both of them have terrible plots which we will find out in just a moment but first we are going to share what we are drinking today tanya why don't you go first
1: I am drinking some Kraken rum with some Dr. Pepper.
2: (gasps) That's Mm -hmm. so oddly 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Not the Kraken rum part. No, not
2: that part, but the Dr. Pepper (laughs) somehow. Dr. Pepper takes me straight back to the 90s. No, Tanya's
0: elevating the classic.
2: Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: true. Intentionally.
2: Yes. Well, she's always been much classier than the two of us, Sean, so, you know.
0: I mean, I've literally had days for this show where I've just taken what happens to be in my fridge and poured it in a glass, mm. mixing various alcohols that probably should not be mixed because they might <laughs> cause a nuclear reaction, uh, just for my own amusement and also to destroy my liver so I don't have to keep doing this in- anymore.
2: But that's <laughs> a good reason. I'm sorry, I'm eating a piece of ice while we're
1: doing of course,
0: this, Jesus
2: well, it ended up in my beverage.
1: <laughs> hey, she's the editor. She can do what she wants. exactly. That's just more work for her. That's true, but she'll complain about it later I'll, I'll oh yeah, about later true.
2: so Sean, since you're already talking about it, why don't you tell us what you are drinking this evening?
0: well, you know i I could have gone back to the nineties before craft beer was a thing and just got like a bud light. But since I cannot, for the life of me, convince myself to put that inside my body, uh, <laughs> I am instead drinking craft brews. Uh, so I will have two beers today. One is a Pilsner O'Kel, which is a Czech Pilsner, which is technically not really a craft brew, but it happens to be good. And also a Beaver Island
2: Brewing Tangerine
0: American Wheat.
2: Ooh, that sounds very delicious.
0: It is very pleasant. Certainly more pleasant than this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... I have decided to beat both of you in the thematic beverage category. Oh. Mostly because I actually did essentially do like a basement dwelling video game playing.
0: Wait, did you mix vodka with anabolic steroids? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, because that would be very topical, Jen. That given. would be
2: if I was trying <laughs> to be a Bobo. But no, I'm just being one of the random uh, street gang members. Maybe actually it would have been appropriate for Power Core. Because it is an electric blue, oh, uh, made out of popsicles <laughs> and Everclear.
1: Uh, oh, what! And here I thought I was going to be the drunkest <laughs> one on this episode.
2: Oh my God! I kept I kept being like, "Well, I still don't taste it," and now I know <laughs> I put way too much in. So, and it awesome. was less than a shot. Way less than a shot. And yet I'm still pretty sure that I put way too much alcohol on this thing. But yeah, all excited. I had. And my son was like, Mom, why don't you just use the popsicles in the freezer? And I was like, oh my God, that's genius. So yes, my 18-year-old son is the one that invented this amazing beverage of... You know which popsicles I'm talking about, right? The popsicle tubes, like Otter Pop?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, But you got the blue
0: one. So you're the, the blue dragon.
2: I am the blue dragon.
0: You're uh you're Billy. It's the Billy special.
2: Oh, <gasps> oh bummer, I should have gone for red.
0: Nice. Oh. Then you could have been Mark DeCaskis, yeah. Why not both? Why not both?
2: I go purple, could have done that.
0: You have the mix pulse, and then it becomes a double dragon special.
2: Oh what have I
1: done? <laughs> so you so you have the Billy special, you have the Jimmy special, and then you have the double dragon special.
0: See? Yeah. See? If you consulted us before this podcast, Jen, you would have known these things, and you could have actually met your full potential, but you decided
2: to just
1: do it your own way.
2: I did, and I just went for the Billy. I'm so sorry, world.
1: Disappointed.
2: Made of disappointment right now. But- That said, I will be drunker than both of you in about five minutes.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Like, so
0: stoked. (laughs) Usually I'm the (laughs) drunk one on the podcast, and when I get drunk, it becomes a problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens this time.
0: Well, (laughs) the good thing is, I'm not editing yet.
2: Yay.
1: (laughs) Good times will be had. Good times, indeed.
2: Okay, so, speaking of editing which this movie needed a lot more of
0: (laughs) amen to that i don't know if you could make this film any
1: tighter than it is
2: no that's actually true you could just cut the whole thing and it might be better though see
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say like they should have just cut all of it it, i mean there were some parts in particular
0: it might have cost cost the studio less. Right. They spent like eight million dollars making this thing.
1: Yeah, it was seven point eight million dollars, and they made two point three million dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, with with Blu ray sales, apparently they added another one point three mil to that.
1: So good for them. Oh, wow. I mean, how did this film cost eight million dollars though? That like that, I I still can't piece that together. <laughs> like, what did they spend their money
2: on? Right. I'm pretty sure most of it went towards my like so. Which we'll talk about when we get to our likes. But for now, Sean, could you please give us the two plot lines, (laughs) which have nothing to do with each other, but we first want to hear about what the original video game Double Dragon was about before we talk about the movie.
0: Okay, so the original Double Dragon game. For those that have never played it, get yourself a Game Boy and find that thing on eBay as quickly as possible. You could also get like one of the other systems that had it, but I played it on Game Boy because I'm awesome.
2: NES, I was an NES player.
0: Oh, uh, you know what? NES is also great. Any Nintendo product is honestly one of the superior products. Anyway, so the original Double Dragon does feature characters by the name of Billy. And Jimmy, in fact, pretty much all of the big character names that are in this movie are from the game. They're just Mm. not necessarily the same exact characters. Uh, But the main game is essentially just like Mario, but for adults in that uh, Marion, the love interest of Billy and Jimmy, is kidnapped by uh, our evil villain guy whose name I've forgotten because I, I just remember him as being an evil capitalist.
2: In the game or the the movie?
0: It's Big Boss Willie in the game, but I forget what he's named in this stupid movie because all I remember is he had that horrifying flat top going on. Uh, Shuko. Shuko. Yeah, Shuko. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Coco Bananas Shuko. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's not in the game, though.
0: No, he's not in the game. He is in the uh, SNK game that they made based on this that originally was going to be made for this film. But when they started making it, they were going to have, like, mo-caps, kind of like Mortal Kombat. And they realized, this is going to be too much money and it won't be done in time, so we'll cancel it. And the people that originally canceled it said, well, we definitely dodged a bullet on that one because the film didn't do well. <laughs> However, in Japan, they did release an SNK game in 1995 that was more like a Street Fighter-style game. Which, mm. having watched some of that, actually not bad. Uh, and mm. it basically takes some of the set design, the character designs are nothing like the, uh, the, sh- the, the movie, but uh, you do fight Shuko Coco Happy Pants guy Coco at the Shuko. end.
2: Shuko. Koba Shuko?
0: It's Coco, Coco, Sho, Coco
2: Shuko? Look, Shuko. Coco Shuko. Shuko. I just call him
0: Coco, okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the game, right, there so they have to go fight through all of these, like, gangs and beat up all these guys to get to the big boss to save the girl. The thing is, at the very end of the game... They both are in love with the girl, and because the girl doesn't have any agency of her own, she can't decide which one of them she wants, so the two brothers have to fight to the death. And you basically get to decide which brother dies, and then that one gets the girl. And he feels bad, sort of, kind of, about killing his brother.
2: Sort of, except that he totally just goes and kisses Marion, and that's the end, so.
0: Yeah, like, really soon after, right? It's like, that's like a thing where it's like, maybe could we have a couple weeks apart? Like... (laughs) I just killed my brother with my bare hands.
2: (laughs) Okay, so that's the video game. Right. Not much to it. Uh, There's really not actually much more to the movie. No,
0: really, yeah.
2: But at least Marion gets a little bit more agency, so that's nice. So why don't you tell us about the plot of Double Dragon the movie?
0: So Double Dragon the movie could be best described as a mistake. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much every aspect of this film is like nine other films that someone lifted and then tried to mash together. But instead of getting something like Voyage of the Rock Aliens, which is delightfully silly and really pleasurable and fun to watch, this film is increasingly levels of painful. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so the basic premise is, again, we have Billy and Jimmy. They are two orphaned boy man babies, I think. Accurate. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they're that's essentially what they are. Uh, who are being raised by a woman whose name I have forgotten because she dies Satori. within-
1: Satori. Satori.
0: Satori. I'm sorry. I can't remember these names because she's dead in the first 13 seconds, so-
2: That is not even true. Come on. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: that's right. Three and a half minutes. I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, I, sense of time. Anyway, so it's it's set in a future version of Los Angeles called New Angeles. There's also like a new Tokyo and there's like a couple of other n- new places. It's sort of like a grungy escape from New York, semi cyberpunky kind of environment. There are like roving gangs who run the night and the police sort of control the day. And basically at the end of the day, the police go inside their little holes and they hide kind of like hobbits, uh, except less less enjoyable hobbits. Uh, because, given the current climate, uh fuck them so uh but the basic premise of the film is these two guys are basically man babies, and there's this like special amulet which Coco Shuko has found, played by um Robert Patrick, yeah, really, apparently he had fun making this film, so I'm glad <laughs> someone
2: did I mean
0: <laughs> yeah, and so they happen to have one half or at least find out that they have one half because they get a monologue like, at one point that tells them what the double dragon is. Coco has the other half, and he wants all of it because he desperately wants to control just New Angeles. He's a very modest evil bad guy, which I appreciate. We'll come back to that later. And so they invariably have to fight him because he kills... Essentially, their surrogate mother, uh, he's trying to capture them, they're sort of fighting gangs and getting caught into all of this nonsense, they have a really cool, like, jet ski, chase, and all kinds of stuff, and then in the end, there's like a big face-off where they get the powers, and they kind of fight the guy, and and the powers basically amount to you are indestructible, and also you can, like, go into other people's bodies and sort of turn into a 2D black and white character. Seems to be the powers.
2: Yeah. Body and mind.
0: Yeah, and there's lots of fight fight scenes and there's other characters I'm sure we'll talk about that have varying degrees of interesting story. Alyssa Mo- Milano is uh one of the characters here that is I suppose you could call a main character. Uh named Marion who runs something called the Power Corps, which is one of the gangs, but it seems to be like one of the nice gangs. Yeah. And they are they're like they basically have bubblegum and their lair has <laughs> a river of toxic like neon, it's basically like what's the stuff you put uh, radiator fluid? That's basically what it is.
2: You know what the, the power core hideout is? It's basically a set from the early 90s Nickelodeon TV shows. I was
0: thinking that too, right? If that, yes. if the river was just sludgier, it would just be the, the ooze.
2: What's the one with the slime specifically?
0: Uh Oh, god, well they use that in a lot of things. Double Dare? Didn't they do it in Double Dare?
2: Double Dare. Double Dare was one. Nickelodeon had some live TV shows too. But like basically take all the early 90s like live kids game shows and and turn that into a set and that's the Power Core Hideout.
0: You're totally right. It is just a Nickelodeon hideout. Maybe that's the old Nickelodeon set and they just <laughs> took it over. Is it is it Nickelodeon sets in Los Angeles? <laughs> To the Googles. (laughs) I think it is. It's just a Nickelodeon set. You're right, Jen. Now all we need, if this was just made three years later, the Legend of the Hidden Temple would be here. And they just have the giant egghead guy just telling them to constantly put the little monkey together, but nobody would ever be able to figure out how to put the three pieces together. This is a reference for 90s kids who remember watching that show and being absolutely livid that these full full grown 12-year-old kids could not figure out how to put three pieces of a statue together every goddamn episode. <laughs> Every time, they're just putting yeah, the head true, like though. where the feet should be, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? A monkey's head's yeah. on the top of its like, body. Like, this is
2: not hard. Like, why is it so hard for you? I don't get it. I'm I'm just enough older than you that I did not watch that particular show, so.
0: It was a great show, I will just say, but I'm, I'm convinced there is a conspiracy where they paid some of the kids to suck, but they paid them less than what their prizes would be.
2: I mean, probably, because yeah. it was a guaranteed payout. Yeah, I feel
1: like that's how all of those shows work, though. <laughs> it's true
2: probably true okay (laughs) now that we've gotten (laughs) way off topic but thoroughly described the power core hideout uh shall we do likes or dislikes first
0: you have to start with likes jen
2: do we have to why do we have to you
0: only flip it the other way when we actually like it's actually a
2: good movie (laughs) yeah like
0: Dragonheart. you started with bads and then you ended with likes
2: that's true okay so tanya you get to Mm -hmm. go first as our guest so what is your first like of Double Dragon
1: you know I really expected this movie to totally like sacrifice all the women you know, like to make the guys like grow as people and all sort other stuff but it re- they didn't really do that like Satori was important to them and yes but she wasn't like her death wasn't so much the catalyst for it it was more that they got the medallion because she died and then like the fact that like towards the end Marion like somebody was what's that guy's name the jacked dude that can a bench Bobo. like a billion pounds a yes. Bobo yeah um tells her that he doesn't like that the guy doesn't like the villain doesn't like the light and so she goes and kind of like you know starts up this generator and so she's like instrumental in saving them so it wasn't just like here are these two guys and like like in the video game they're either fighting over a girl or like they're trying to avenge someone's death like it was i i really expected it to go down that road but it didn't so i was pleasantly surprised by that the other thing that i liked was this line in the movie where there's this um postman that's like on this water tower or something and like he's going to like jump on the brothers to try to kill them i guess cuz like I, I don't know why he thought he would live through that too but that, that's what he does <laughs> and and one of the brothers says like when he lands never seen a postman move so fast <laughs> i just thought that was the greatest line it was hilarious it was it was genuinely hilarious and i enjoyed it like most of the things that were supposed to be funny in this movie were not funny and all the things that were funny were things that weren't intended to be funny but that was actually a moment where they intended it to be funny and it was so
2: there were quite a few good like puns in this film yeah oh yeah and like there should they shouldn't have been like they're definitely like i am 12 and i think puns are still hilarious (laughs) except that i am 12 and i think puns are still hilarious at the age of 42 but like very specifically geared towards kids who love the jokes on popsicle sticks. Yeah. Granted, I'm an adult who likes jokes on popsicle sticks, <laughs> so it like totally got me, but they're strung throughout the movie. And as Tanya said, the, the guy like throws himself off of a water tower, but he screams airmail while he's doing it. <laughs>
1: God, and even so though that is
2: so awful, so, so bad, the worst <laughs> joke. Because it's totally out of the blue and nonsensical. I still bust up laughing over that. And I think it's because it's like a bright point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like things are really serious. And then all of a sudden this postman comes flying through the air. Like... He's going to conquer it all and he's going to, you know, like impress his boss. <laughs> he just falls. The poor stuntman who had to do that. He has <laughs> he eight seconds
2: all the on around screen.
0: Him. And he just falls. You know, no, he comes
2: back later. He's in two scenes, so.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Two scenes. That's right. He definitely was earning his SAG card. Does he
2: come back later? Yeah. He's in the, the raid of the Power core building. Oh, I, I didn't catch that.
0: Yeah, he's there. Yeah, you're right. He gets, like, thrown, I think, in the water or something. Because
2: why is there a gang of postmen?
0: <laughs> well, don't you know, Jen, that the U.S. Post Office is just the mafia?
1: They've been radicalized. Really? <laughs> right?
0: It's
1: part of QAnon. <laughs> I think it's a front for communism.
0: It is a front for communism. You're right, Tanya. I, I totally got my, my conspiracies mixed up. I, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> How dare you? Oh, I'm a monster.
2: That's why they're there after the apocalypse as a gang, because it's just the communists who have come to take advantage of poor Los Angeles. Yep, true story. It makes sense. Works. I also have to agree, Marion was a distinct surprise in this film.
0: Yeah, they do go to her for help.
2: Yeah, there there are gratuitous, you know, butt shots. Oh, God. And they do (laughs) ogle her. Otherwise, she is totally a character with A lot of agency throughout this. She inspires her dad to stand up, which is super cool. Granted, complicated (laughs) because. But within the context of this film, it somehow still works. So yeah, good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Totally legit. Why thank you, Sean?
0: Okay, well, mine's also going to be a line from the movie because, I'll be totally honest, I didn't like much in this movie. (laughs) And the things that I did really enjoy were things that you weren't supposed to enjoy for the reasons I enjoyed them. And so, uh, But I will say that this has one of the single best moments for a villain, I think, in any torture cinema we have covered, which is when Kogoshuko, mad at his henchmen, turns to... New Angeles staring out across all of the lights at night. And he says, I will just want total domination of one major American city. Is that too much to ask for? Is it? Is it? Ha!"
1: Huh?
0: <laughs> and I love just how modest his goals are because usually <laughs> villains are like, I must destroy all of the world or I must rule everything or I must rule the galaxy.
1: I just want this one geological location. That's it. I
0: just... Yeah, <laughs> one city. He just wants one major American city. And you know what? I gotta be honest. There's a moment when I thought to myself, it, it isn't really that much to ask
1: for. Like, maybe just give it to him. Mm. It's, yeah. it's a respected... Yeah, it's a respectable request.
0: Like, would he really ruin it any more than it's already ruined? Like <laughs> Right, it was looking I, pretty rough, so... Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like, it's the gangs true. kind of ruled at night. The cops, I guess didn't do much of any... I don't really know what the cops do in this movie, but they're certainly not doing law and order. They're just like taking interviews and yelling at other people. I don't know what they do.
2: I think their purpose is legitimately just because the gangs, they had a truce at some point. So they literally only exist to uphold the balance in that truce. So they hang out, probably eating donuts and arresting people needlessly and being assholes during the day. And then at night, they trade, and the gangs get to do the exact same thing.
0: So basically, you're telling me that this movie is just the American version of the Russian film Night Watch and Daywatch?
2: Yes, except with cops.
0: Yeah, and also slightly less interesting because there's no magic.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I mean, there is magic, but only if you have the one of the double dragons.
2: Or, you can think of it this way, it's basically the Purge, but on a daily basis. Yeah, but, like, nobody really dies no i mean like it's the less violent version of the purge where there's no death because it's the pg-13 version yeah
0: like so when they get pulled over (laughs) at one point right they get pulled over by a bobo and they know it's a bobo a i don't know why they stopped but okay they stopped but like what is it they what did he want
1: they they stopped because because they saw that hot chick
0: Oh that's right. That wasn't a w it was a guy pretending to be that's right. Yeah. 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 It was a guy and because all all Billy can think of is women's butts, he saw a butt yes. and he had to stop. Yeah. Yes, exactly. that, that's true.
2: But a bobo just asked for a toll and that's it. Because they're in the Mohawk territory. Half presumably. of this film
0: is just why Billy fucks everything up because the very first scene <laughs> is a horrible, horrible white karate scene, and I say white karate because this is what every white karate film is. Right, where they have this tag team fight in like an underground karate dojo thing. And Billy fucks it all up, even though they're winning and they don't get any of their earnings. And every single time it's Billy fucking up over and over <laughs> and over. And this is a perfect example because Billy convinces them to stop when Jimmy's like, no, let's 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 go home, please.
1: Can we yes. Just go home? Yes. OK, can we can we talk real quick, though, about like that part in the like the after the they lost the tournament or whatever oh yeah when they start the fight afterwards and he goes eat some fists buttheads <laughs> like an actual writer wrote that <laughs> actors sounded it out yep. loud yep. the director was like cool this is a good cut and then the editor was like yes this is perfect and then it somehow still made it to screen and not one of these people in this entire chain was like this is the stupidest thing that's ever been uttered in a movie in the history of time
0: and and they don't even have the benefit of being ninja turtles like they're just <gasps> two one white guy and and one uh japanese guy
2: uh, he's biracial hawaiian bunch of other things actually but
0: oh oh i am sorry i watched iron chef where they just made him the japanese guy in that yeah
2: he, i think he has some japanese in him as well but mark dakoskus is Biracial. So he's
0: biracial. Okay.
2: Like me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with like five different things. So I, I couldn't actually <laughs> specify. That would be
1: more than biracial. He has Japanese
0: ancestry, but yeah.
2: Specifically. Yeah, he's I, I was right. Five things. Chinese, Filipino, Spanish, Irish, and Japanese. And all hot. Just saying. I think <laughs> that's one of my biggest frustrations with this film. Is that this was like supposed to be a vehicle for Billy. A.K.A. whatever his name was in Party of Five. Don't actually care. <laughs> um, I think it's actually Bailey. It's but I'm Scott not Wolf.
0: It's Scott no, Wolf. That's the
2: actor's name. Yeah. But what's the character's oh. name in Party of Five? Do you remember? Oh,
0: I don't know. I, I,
2: it's probably
0: like Kevin.
2: <laughs> no, I literally think it's Bailey. And
0: <laughs> I please no, it can't be one. It, it was that era, wasn't it?
2: He's Bailey. I fucking knew it. Okay. Yes. Oh no! Why do they? Why do white people do this? <laughs> <laughs> don't name your kid a- no okay so his name is Bailey in Party of Five and it's basically supposed to be a vehicle for his stardom and they just switched his name to Billy which I think <laughs> is just so fantastically hilarious <laughs> it's so I can't lazy. even describe and then meanwhile like this is my like oh, I, this should be a dislike so I'm gonna stop talking about
0: can, can I just <laughs> say <laughs> there's also a character in Party of Five called Will McCorkle which I just find so <laughs> hilarious.
1: The only way that would be whiter if it was Bob McCorkle. Right? <laughs> Bob McCorkle, <laughs> that's his dad. That would be the whitest <laughs> name. Exactly. Yeah. That is the whitest name in existence
0: in history <laughs> time yeah.
2: ever.
1: You go back further and it's
0: Dick McCorkle.
2: I have to say that I am glad that there is a new Party of Five talking about the uh, Mexican-American experience. So if people want a decent version of Party of Five, go watch that one.
0: I mean Party of 5 wasn't that bad, Jen. Like it's oh, just Oh god, it was awful. It was ni- wow. it's 90s <laughs> drama teen drama television. And so is it the greatest thing since sliced bread? No. But are we going to be incredibly nostalgic about it for the next 75 years until millennials actually die? Mm-mm. Yes.
2: No, I just want to point out that the other person who was in Party of 5 that also went on to do a really really bad early 90s science fiction film was lacey shabbert who went on to be in lost in space
0: which is not as bad as this oh. film i'm just gonna I, straight up say I, that. lost in space is pretty awesome <laughs> yeah i would tell you
2: <laughs> i can't trust either one of you the, the
0: biggest problem with lost in space is it tried to convince us that joey would be an action star
2: i really want to look at the rest of their careers and see how many of them went on to like things that were supposed to be like vehicles for their stardom and then just utterly failed.
0: Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, did uh, I know what you did last summer.
2: So many bad movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's the only one that really and Matthew Fox had a reasonably reasonably successful career, I guess. I, yeah, only I, I don't think And Scott
0: Grimes has done a lot of voice acting.
2: Yeah, but
0: yeah. He, he's okay, pretty this successful. This has nothing to do
2: with with double dragon. So let's go back to Double dragon.
0: I uh, you're the one trying to like <laughs> litigate the success of these individual actors' careers.
2: I'm just saying that this was an utter failure of a vehicle for Billy, and I yes. will talk about it later because it has to do with my dislike. Can we move on? See, sí, por
1: favor. Fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. My like actually um A piece of trivia about this film, which is that there is a large scene, which is one of my... It's one of the only really major action sequences in the movie, uh, which is that Billy and Jimmy are accosted by, like, six different gangs all at once. Now, in the original video game, I think there's only one gang that is represented by multiple characters, and a Bobo is the leader. In the movie, you actually have a lot of different gangs, which... I actually enjoyed. It was a nice aspect because it's just fun watching all the ridiculous costumes. They never name any of these games except for, I think, the Mohawks and one other. And if you want to see a really successful iteration of these multiple totally bizarre different clicky gangs... Watch Daybreak on Netflix, which doesn't do everything successfully, but it does this really well, which is you have, like, a gang of kids who are the golf players, and then you have a gang of kids who are the jocks, and then you have the gang of mean girls, but I think they call themselves the Amazons, and they're all the cheerleaders. I can't remember exactly. So kind of the same thing happens in Double Dragon. So you have, like, a bunch of guys that are dressed in basically private school boy uniforms, And then you have your mohawks, which, of course, all have mohawks because, you know, they're very creative. And then there's a couple others. Presumably, there's one of postal workers, as we have discussed previously. So they all come and, like, attack Jimmy and Billy next to the river. And there's this whole, like, extended action sequence next to the river. They then discover a boat and they escape. Now, this was all filmed very successfully on the Cuyahoga River in Ohio. And at the time, in the 90s... Holy crap. I don't know what city it's in, but that place was a wasteland. And I'm sorry, Ohio. <laughs> like, you, got, you got hit very, very hard by the death of the car industry. I'm just saying. Ooh. And it works really well in this post-apocalyptic space that's supposed to be occurring in Double Dragon, which is a cool bit of world building. But yeah, so they're, like, getting chased by jet skis, and you know I love a good jet ski chase, obviously, I still love Waterworld, and then at some point, one of the guys on jet skis literally is apparently carrying around a rocket launcher? I mean, wow, talk about overkill. And he, like, sets it off, and it turns out the river... Is also flammable because it's post-apocalyptic river. It's toxic. It bursts into flames. And there is a massive explosion. Apparently, there were something like 700 or 800 barrels of fuel that this production team set off.
0: 700 gallons of gasoline, 200 of alcohol.
2: There you go. And it creates, like... If you watch the movie, don't watch the movie. It is massive. It is, like, you can tell they probably spent the entirety of their budget on this explosion. I'm Pretty not much. even lying. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes. Yeah, because I don't know where else it went. This caused the rising gas prices in the late 90s.
2: I, that makes sense. <laughs> so-, <laughs> so,
1: So this movie has directly negatively affected us. So that makes it doubly <laughs> terrible.
0: I mean, I made that up, but it's it had to have affected gas prices. You can't buy that much gasoline and not have an effect. By the way, this section filmed in Cleveland.
2: Oh, it is Cleveland. Okay. that Sorry, Cleveland. Eep.
0: Yeah, which I just want to tell you, totally not unexpected. Get a better football team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so massive explosion goes off. Well, apparently... This explosion was so gigantic that even though they had like warned, they warned the police department, the police department got 210 phone calls because it utterly panicked the city of Cleveland.
1: Wow. (laughs) That's wild.
2: Okay. Come on, guys. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Right? I was like... It's
1: like a best day at work kind of scenario there.
2: Right? You caused a panic in the city of Cleveland? I mean... That's gotta be worth something.
1: Yes, that is quite an accomplishment. (laughs) Exactly. So,
2: kudos to Double Dragon for effectively using the environment of Cleveland and also scaring the crap out of the citizens. Yeah.
0: Fun fact, the thing that scared them was just the noise. The fact that that river had been on fire did not, because in fact, that river has been on fire before. Oh, I didn't know that part. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- it's apparently been lit on fire a few times. I mean, presumably by accident. But then again, I guess you could have river arsonists. That could be a thing. But yeah, it's it's caught fire before.
2: Dear Cleveland, I hope that your river was declared a super fun site after the filming of Double Dragon and has since been at least cleaned up a little bit. I'm hoping. I mean, hopefully it sake. doesn't catch
1: on fire now because water is not supposed to catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's usually a pretty bad sign. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean,
0: if you're at that point, though, you've, like, missed every other sign that something's wrong with the water.
1: Right, yeah. so at this point, you're like, you know, alcohol, it burns, it's it's fine, we'll drink it anyway.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe Cleveland's just been dumping alcohol in the river, and they basically just created a giant Molotov cocktail.
1: Then they're fools because they should be drinking it, not dumping it in the river. That's God, true. Cleveland, is, I'm sorry if anyone's from Cleveland, but,
2: jeez, doing it all wrong. They're probably drinking like Bud Light or something. What What do what you drink in Cleveland? Some terrible beer. <laughs> the,
0: they're supposed to be drinking their alcohol, but as we've just determined, they've been pouring it into their river, which is really unfortunate because they could have used that alcohol to get over the fact that their team has been terrible basically <laughs>
1: since its inception.
2: I'm sorry exactly. if we have any listeners <laughs> in Cleveland.
1: <laughs> you know what? No, they know what that city is about. Yeah. At this point, they could have left they and they chose left. to stay. They, they get what they teams. get.
0: At any time. No, we'll just say this to Cleveland Browns fans. I know I'm making fun of you all. I'm a 49ers fan, and so we've had a few bad years. But 49ers fans are not like (laughs) Cleveland Browns fans because Cleveland Brown fans somehow every year will find hope and will be Mm -hmm. dedicated and will still go to the games even though deep down they know there's very little hope that the team's going to do well. Whereas 49ers, like... We'll go when the team's really good. Otherwise, we're like, ah, do I
2: really want season tickets? Like, ugh. yeah, no, <laughs> they fired Cap and moved to Santa Clara. and They suck. They are. They've lost me completely.
0: Well, Cleveland Brown fans could use you, Jen. <laughs> just remember, <laughs> you're never going to have a winning season.
1: That's and okay. most likely every be player doing that the gets drafted work.
0: for your team <laughs> is just going to be there long enough so they can get traded to someone else, because that's the team you go to for your career to die.
2: <laughs> Great.
0: All of that's true. I'm so sorry. The Browns, the Browns have had a rough one. I'm sorry.
2: I'm glad that you all came to torture cinema to listen to uh, Sean rant about the Browns. Okay.
0: <laughs> At least they're not Cowboys fans.
2: <laughs>
0: Fuck Cowboys fans. Those people can die.
2: <laughs> uh, Skiffy and Fante show where you can also find hot takes on football.
0: Yeah, you can email me at Sean'sHotFootballTakes at gmail.com. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not a gmail.com. I'm totally sorry, it's geocities.com.
2: <laughs> that matches this movie, at least. That's the one thing <laughs> you've said in the last ten minutes that has had anything to do with the movie. Yeah, but what I said was amusing, so... <clears throat> Alright, so, it is time, now that you have had our... Dislikes, likes, likes. Those were our likes. Those were our likes. Those were our likes. Yes, it was. We are now going to tell you our dislikes. So Tanya, what do you have?
1: Oh my god, there were so so many. (laughs) It was really, really hard to pick one. But I finally settled on the fight choreography. Like it was just so fucking bad. Like (laughs) just it's like I I I don't understand how it was that bad. It's like they purposely tried to make it that bad because you can't be that bad just by being incompetent. You have to be like focused and intentional about your desire to be that awful. Fight choreography. Terrible.
2: It seriously (laughs) is. And keep in mind that Mark Tkoskis has like multiple black belts. Yeah, he's legit.
1: Oh, I did not know that. That makes it even worse.
2: I know. No, he is. He is legit. There's a reason he's been in, like, he's in Wu Assassins right now.
1: Oh, yeah. That's where I've seen him.
2: His dad was a martial arts instructor. So, like, he came into this by way of essentially doing martial arts. And yet, oh, now we're already getting into my dislike.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have one more tiny dislike that I want to share before we move on. So, I since I did this before where I had like what I disliked and then had a line, I have a line to go with my dislike for this one. It's when um, a Bobo is chasing them and like he gets out of his, you know, jacked up ride because he's trashed it. And the brothers, one of the brothers is like, Hey, broomhead, we're gonna sweep the floor with your skull. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so bad so bad oh my god like i mean can you imagine like you know you're like this big jacked up dude you're about to go beat these two dudes up and then they say that like you're like i feel like you couldn't even fight at that point because you would just be laughing at them because it's so ridiculous like what the fuck did you just say to me like (laughs) no
2: (laughs) that's just such a bad line
1: it's so so terrible so terrible this film's full of a lot of them. Yes. Yeah, I'm
2: trying to find out who yes. the, the fight choreographer was, because then I, I can, like, harass him on Twitter. It was Billy. I Clearly!
0: Billy did his <laughs> own fight choreography, that's why none of it <laughs> makes any sense.
1: Well, Satori's fight choreography was pretty terrible, too, when she was fighting um, Shuko.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he,
1: he choreographed for her. It was, it was terrible terrible
0: it is pretty bad i think part of that is that uh robert patrick came on this and they were like so we need you to do like martial arts stuff and he's like i can punch i was in the terminator movie (laughs) and they went good (laughs) enough (laughs) and they couldn't have her be
1: too good
0: also fun Uh, fact satori uh is uh you may recognize her from rambo 2
1: oh yeah yep oh my god so a fun fact about this movie the director James Yukich I guess is how you say his name Yukit I don't know I like to see what else he did because <laughs> and mostly mostly he does like music compilations like you know he goes and like you know films like a live show or whatever and then like you know puts it together into like dvd so he did like one for fallout boy and one for mariah carey but like all like more than half of his filmography is music video type stuff so like this is this was like the i think maybe he did one other feature film but this was this was it like the other one didn't even have like a picture of the cover of it (laughs) on imdb it was that bad
2: like, he seriously uses angles that look like they're from Nickelodeon TV shows.
1: It's not filmed well. No. No, he, he's not a very good director. I'm sorry, James, if you're listening to this, you're bad. It's not
0: good. It's, <laughs> it's not good. I mean, to be totally fair to him, even if he was was a good director, I don't think he could have saved this film. Like, True. St- they could have brought in, like, Stanley Kubrick, and Stanley Kubrick would have been like, <laughs> oh, fuck if I know what to do, like... I yeah. It, to have blood come out of an elevator? That at least elevated.
2: <laughs> yeah, that true. actually would have improved. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe if that that pool of toxic sludge was blood, that might have. Yeah, that
1: would be nice.
0: I was amused that this film, on multiple occasions, has care have characters almost say shit but get interrupted. Until oh, yeah. until uh, Coco actually says it at one point. Uh,
1: which, oh, yeah, at the very end when they put the dragons together, he's like, well, shit. Yeah,
0: and they're like, you said it. And that's a reference actually to earlier in the movie when Billy says, oh, shh. And, yeah. and he says, oh, you said it. Yeah, so <laughs> but it's one one of the handful of callbacks in this. Uh, also, another really terrible line from a Bobo. Uh, he actually says at one point, what's up, chicken butt? <laughs> which
1: just so awful and everybody's called a butthead like nobody says <laughs> asshole they're, they're all buttheads
0: <laughs> like how old are we yeah, they really wanted this to be for kids and so like even when they yeah. did things that are kind of scary like when a bobo gets transformed into like a, a steroid monster uh, they, they had to make him look ridiculous because they didn't want him yeah. to be too scary, which I find disappointing because I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, and the monsters in that are legit creepy looking. And that film still, I don't know if it holds up, but when I was a kid, I loved the crap out of it.
2: Your obsession with the Ninja Turtles is something.
0: The, the <laughs> teenage Okay, no, 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 no. Watch <laughs> the original the live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, I know.
2: It, it was not terrible.
0: It's shockingly good. Sure. It is. It's shockingly good. I believe you. No, you don't. You think I'm pulling a (laughs) Mac in me right now, you fuck. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Did you find the thing so you could? We could. Yeah. Did you find it?
2: Find what? Was I looking something up?
0: You weren't you looking for something this whole time? Tanya and I were talking.
2: I mean, like
0: the fight choreographer.
2: Oh, the fight choreography. No, I gave up on that ages (laughs) ago.
1: Jen.
2: What? It just drank Everclear. You cannot expect <laughs> me to keep attention to one thing more than five minutes.
0: Well, I will. I guess I will say one last thing, which is a fun trivia fact, which is that Dacascas actually sprained his ankle during one of his fight scenes, and rather than tell anybody about it, he just went to his trailer and wrapped it up and went on with his day, which tells you a lot about how much of a badass he is.
2: He's a total badass.
0: Yeah. But he's also hot, so.
2: Yes, he is. I was told that I was not allowed to spend this entire podcast just saying how hot Mark Dacascas is, (laughs) which was really disappointing, I have to say.
0: Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not bound by that restriction.
2: You are not. So, what is your dislike, sir?
0: Oh, God. Do I pick the plot or do I pick a bobo? (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm going with a bobo because the plot is dumb, but but whatever. Like it's the plot's silly. But a bobo is even more ridiculous because when he gets transformed into the roid monster, uh I will say that at least uh, Robert Patrick gets a really great line where he basically says, uh, when a bobo's like, this thing will probably kill me. And he's like, well, I think if you like a sun, which is like I can make another one, basically. <laughs> which is pretty oh, dark. Yeah. It's he gets some dark lines, which I can appreciate. But when he gets righted up, he becomes so large that it's, I'm not sure why he's supposed to be scary outside of just looking creepy, because he can't touch his hands together because he's got so much muscle and sinew and veins, I guess, that his arms can't even come in anymore. He moves almost as slow as a, as a snail. Uh, he still is fairly not very bright. In terms of the character, because the character doesn't get, for some reason, super intelligence. He just sort of still has that kind of, I don't know what you would call that, um, seeming like he's always high on something mentality. And so when he shows up, I, I just laughed because it was like the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. That how did, What is going on?
2: Well, for one thing, he actually sort of resembles the Abobo from the game, which I think was <laughs> the purpose.
0: A little bit. A li- little bit.
2: Because the Aboba from the game is this big, sort of roided up, like, giant-headed, very bad, late 80s computer graphics.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. But he can still... He can still... Move? You know, hold his own thing when he pees. This one <laughs> cannot.
2: <laughs> I mean, granted. But, I, like... If I recall, at about this point in time was when there was like a huge backlash against steroids as well. So I think it was kind of those two things combined that like, this is what steroids can do to you.
0: Oh, no, this wasn't of. the point. No, this this was still in the middle of the baseball steroids before it had blown up.
2: Not with power lifters and whatnot. That was earlier.
0: Oh, maybe with power lifters. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. When you started seeing weightlifters, like the sort of fear of weightlifters taking too many steroids, that was earlier than baseball and everything else. But still, that's the only thing I can think of for making him look that ridiculous. And the way the character is treated as almost childlike. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny because right now there's a whole conversation on Twitter about himbos. And his... <laughs> His ultimate, like, iteration, like, who he becomes by the end of the film is basically a sort of himbo in that he's really kind of gleeful and kind and caring. Yes, he starts out as an evil gang person, but at the end he's like, I just want to be accepted and I I hate myself and hate what I'm like right now and please accept me.
0: This, this is also after Alyssa Milano like force feeds him spinach.
1: Oh yeah, forget about that. He's like farting the entire time.
0: Yeah, and that's like the torture, right? Is he has to eat yeah. spinach. It's so spinach. strange.
2: You poor baby, you had to eat your spinach. I'm not sure how the spinach actually went down that tube, but I don't they, you know,
0: whatever. It's it's like uh, canned spinach, so it's right. like that like half Super liquid, good. half goop spinach.
2: So I found out who the stunt coordinator was.
0: Was it Popeye?
2: Uh, no. Uh, it was <laughs> Jeff Amata who played Huey. Oh. In the movie. And he's actually got a ton of credits.
0: He does. He was pretty popular in the 90s as a, as a stunt guy and stuff.
2: Yeah. He's also been in a million films, like, essentially. Yeah. So he actually has skills as a stunt coordinator. I have a feeling that nobody except Mark Dacascos was actually capable of those stunts. Which you can definitely tell in the inevitable sort of martial arts of the film.
0: This is like before when they make, when they'd make films, they like send the the actors on like at least three months of legit training and the thing they're supposed to do, like as a normal thing that they did. Like this is the '90s. It was like, well, can you kick sideways? Awesome. So perfect. <laughs> You could totally do the stunts in this. (laughs) Whereas today, like, this guy would have been like, all right, we need to send you, like, on a six-week training, like, with this, this, like, super amazing Taekwondo instructor who, like, I don't know, beat up Mike Tyson for fun. Like, that's what they would do today. Except on Game of Thrones, which apparently they just didn't bother training half of them in swordplay, but whatever.
2: Only the ones that mattered? Nope. Presumably.
0: Nope, they, the worst fight scene probably in any fantasy that that we've seen in post-2000 is in Game of Thrones when they had um, Brienne and uh, the Mountain actually fight. And it was very clear like, that nobody was prepared for that shit. It's Ooh. bad. It's really bad. If you watch it, it's almost incomprehensible.
2: Well, I, I don't watch that serious stuff. That helps. <laughs> All right. It's my turn.
1: Yep. What's up, chicken
2: butt? And the thing I don't like. The thing I don't like. Speaking of bad lines, but also slightly hilarious, is that the sidekicks of Shoka, Kugo, whatever it Co- is. Koka Shugo. Koba Shuko.
1: Koga Shugo. Koga Shuko. You need to drink more.
2: <laughs> the minions of Koga, Koga Shuko are Jeff Amada as Huey, and then the other character's name is Lewis. And the line that Koga Shuko says to them is, Huey, Lewis, what's the news? <laughs>
0: no, not this can't be your... No. No. This is that's the not. worst trivia of the whole thing.
2: <laughs> that's not my dislike. Uh, it's not a like either, but it was like, wow, that's the level of writing that we're going with in this movie. So, uh, Lewis was played by Al Leon, who is also a pretty well-known stuntman and husband in a million movies. <clears throat> okay, so my dislike, though, is related to the Suns, but really it's just related to what I was saying earlier, that this was supposed to be, like, some vehicle for Billy Bailey, Scott Wolf, and so they had him as ostensibly the main character, because I believe even in the original game, Billy is the default, Jimmy is actually Player Two, and... So Jimmy, played by Mark Dacascos, is the not-the-main-character, sort of, in this. And you can kind of see that in the framing of the film, that Scott Wolf's character is sort of framed as the main protagonist throughout it. He's the one that gets the first half of the dragon medallion.
0: He's the hero at the end who has to save his brother, you know, all that stuff.
2: Right, so... There you have Billy Bailey Scott Wolf, like, woo, this sad little white boy. And then you have Mark Dacascas, who was actually trained in martial arts, is super hot and a very talented actor and has proven such over the years. He's been in a ton of things, but he never gets, like, main roles, sadly. He's now in Woo Assassins in, like, just an amazing part that I love so much. And so here he is, like, this could have been, like, his film. I mean, granted, it was nobody's film in the end of it, because it's a <laughs> terrible movie. But it's just such an awful waste of Mark Dacascas.
1: True, true story.
2: Right? It's like, yes, it's a waste of basically everybody that's in this movie, period. Obviously, because it's a bad movie.
1: It's a waste
0: of film. <laughs> just be real. It's
2: a
1: waste of 7.8 <laughs> million dollars. You could have done so much with that. Precisely.
2: Oh my god! It's a waste of 700 gallons of fuel! It's (laughs) hilarious! You know, like, it is just literally so bad. But imagine, like, casting for this movie and being like, Oh yeah, Bailey. That makes sense. Let's go with that. He's the true star here, because he's been on Party of Five. And... And you're like, no, the only one that anybody cares about on Party of Five is Matthew Fox. Not Bailey. What are you even doing? He's the whiny little brother, which I suppose, in terms of typecasting, does work.
0: I'm going to ruin your day right now.
2: (laughs) Ruin it, please. He
0: started Party of Five the same year this movie came out, which means when they filmed this film, he had not yet been on Party of Five.
2: You're kidding me.
0: Yep. 1994 to 2000. You don't understand the 90s. That's that's what we're learning. Because you're a Gen Xer. That's right. Yeah.
2: I was already a 16 in 1994.
0: That's true. Yeah, you're already too old. You need to be three. Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
2: Or 12. 12 would have been more appropriate, <laughs> I think. this This movie is clearly made for 12-year-olds.
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to think of, like... What was the thing that got him this? Like, he was apparently a thug in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Was he really?
0: Yeah. He was uncredited, so I'm just going to go on the assumption that he gets punched in the face and that's it. (laughs) Because he's, like, in nothing before. This was his breakout role.
2: How is that even possible?
0: So he had a few television episodes and he was in a couple movies in very small roles. Roles. But I think Double Dragon was meant to be his breakout. I think this was meant to be his breakout thing. And I hate to say it, man, but
2: mm, you missed a mark. Okay, I'm just get, trying to get over the fact that he was in Kids Incorporated. Which <laughs> I loved. <laughs>
0: he, I mean, yeah. and
2: Kids Incorporated. That's the only part of the song I, I remember. remember
1: that show. That's the only part I remember, too.
2: Yeah. Okay, then none of this makes sense. <coughs> Can you imagine taking a completely unknown actor who, granted, had just been cast in Party of Five, but come on, over Mark Dacascos for anything, ever. It's just criminal. Bad move. I'm salty. I mean, to be fair,
0: Mark Dikaskis was he was in culinary school at this point.
2: Oh, was he really? No, I'm making that
0: up, Jen. I Literally the only <laughs> role I remembered Stop him from- Stop making
1: up things about food because I'm hungry and this just makes me want to I eat. I just remember from
0: Iron Chef. So every single joke about Mark Dacascus for me is going to be about how he was in culinary school.
2: You're <coughs> ridiculous. <laughs> but we've also been recording this episode way too long, which means we need to go to our final thoughts on our grades.
0: What was your dislike? <laughs>
2: I told you that they totally wasted Mark Dacoskis, and they made Billy the star.
1: Yeah, I didn't catch that either, so Uh, I'm, yeah. Tanya's on my side there, okay.
0: (laughs) Billy Bailey is not my lover. He's just a guy (laughs) who says that
2: I am the one, but he
0: is not my son.
2: Which leads us now to our final thoughts on our grades. Tanya, Mm. you get to go first.
1: Oh, Okay. Final thoughts. Um, I love Robert Patrick. Like he's in so many great things that I've enjoyed. The fact that Vanna White was in this movie, like even though she was terrible, she was still in there, and it was a surprise and pretty awesome. And Andy Dick, like <laughs> as the weatherman, that was pretty. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. So there are things that I like about this. Like I don't like the execution of it. At all. But I got to see a lot of the actors that I really have enjoyed a lot of their work in the past. Um, Like I said, there are like a few moments that I genuinely chuckled like, you know, in the whole like never seen a postman move that fast. Like that was a genuine chuckle. The fact that Homeboy never put the medallion inside his shirt, though, like, this is like the thing you're hiding from, like, a bad guy. Like, your main job in life right now is to protect this thing from the bad guy. And you're like, I'm going to wear this super shiny, super gaudy thing, like, right outside my shirt and be like, here it is for the taking. I'm so glad you brought that up because,
0: yeah, I was thinking the same thing. The, I was like, tuck it in. What are you doing? you
1: supposed to be this. Like, <laughs> this is not hard. Like, put it in your pocket if you don't want to, like, put it in your shirt. Like, I don't understand why y'all are just, like, out in the open, like, wearing this. Like, you're not trying to hide it from a bad guy. And everyone keeps grabbing it. And he still leaves it out. Yeah. And he still doesn't learn if I just put it in my shirt. They just can't reach out and grab it. Like, I don't understand.
0: I mean, it's one thing you do know about Billy's is sometimes you can't teach him.
1: That's true. That's true. He is, he's something else. That's for sure. (laughs) So I'm going to give this film, I feel like I got to give it a C minus. The only reason that I'm not going with a D is because they actually, most characters had agency, which is unusual. And I feel like they did a good job of that. So I feel like I cannot give them a D or an F because that is something that they actually went for and achieved. And I really appreciate that. Fair enough, especially for a movie from the '90s. Like so many movies from the '90s, like people just like there was always one character that has no agency, and they were just like plot fodder. And that really wasn't the case in this movie.
2: A teen movie in '90s, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. shocking. Yeah, interesting. All right, Sean.
0: So I I will just say that I'm very I'm very interested in the fact that for all the things that we did not ream this movie for. We've only barely talked about the gratuitous Alyssa Milano butt shots, of which there are several. And I think it's the fact that what Tanya is just saying, that so many of the characters in this, in this have agency, including some of its female characters, which we are so used to not happening in bad movies in general. Yeah. Because a lot of times the female characters do not have agency, or if they do, it's very, very minimal. And in this case, right, she's like kind of powerful, and it's kind of that and so you're it's it's we're like in a weird tightrope back because it's like on the one hand it's gross like we keep having these butt shots and they just stare at her butt the whole time and fight over which one's going to follow her into a tube but on the other <sighs> hand she also has power and can probably kick both of their asses without really trying that hard and so it's kind it's confusing
1: it's very confusing <laughs> so confusing <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, any case so uh yeah this film's not good but I just have to say that sometimes there are bad movies that are just weirdly enjoyable to watch because of just how absurd they are. And while this one doesn't totally graduate to that level, it gets pretty close for me because there were moments in this where like, I was like belly rolling laughter of just how silly some of the things are. <laughs> and I think that says a lot about, like, is it a good film? Absolutely not. Does this deserve... You know, uh, stinker awards for this? Absolutely. It's terrible in so many ways, but yet at the same time, strangely enjoyable to watch for reasons that defy logic. And so for that reason, I'm giving it a D plus because I will, I, I've, I'll i watch this again. It's terrible, but I'll watch it again just to, just to giggle. So. <laughs>
2: I think that is also completely fair grade, and since it's my term, I'm going to say that I agree with both of you. I'm actually going to go with Tanya's score, though, C-, because believe it or not, this is the second time I've watched this film in the last decade, because my family knowingly picked this as a movie to watch at one point, because we knew that <laughs> there was a rollerblading scene in it, and... My husband has a weird obsession with rollerblading movies from the 90s. So, you know, there was that. Also, it, it is. It has some sort of banana pants, like, fun scenes in it, including the weird all the gangs attacking Jimmy and Billy scene. Which, not great fight choreography, but great sort of absurdist action. It's more like a a physical comedy film than anything else. And it is so squarely directed at about 12 year olds that I can't actually fault it for being less complicated than really any other movie ever made because there's so little plot that you don't even want to bother paying attention to it. You know, obviously it's a problem that a white dude is pretending to be a Japanese like crime lord or something.
1: I don't know (laughs) what's up with that. At least he didn't claim to be like part of the... How do you say it? The Yakuza?
2: Oh, yeah. No, and I apologize. It's not actually Japanese. It's a Chinese relic. Right. Yeah. Talk about... Oh, that's right, yeah. Talk about ambiguous Asian mythology going on in this movie, which is a problem. Yes, it is a problem that you look at Alyssa Milano's butt multiple times, but, you know, I'm not complaining, so whatever. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's just... It's silly. It's super silly. But at the same time, you also have some pretty good, like post apocalyptic world building oddly enough also some super silly post apocalyptic world post apocalyptic world building literally they have a commercial at the very beginning of this movie for jacks to keep buildings oh, yeah. like, up like that trip me up. and out. they're like like your your house is falling right? down and get and a new jack from jack city and they're giants <laughs> like these things hold up skyscrapers <laughs> and it's ridiculous and there are giant fans on the roofs of these skyscrapers, oh, presumably yeah. to, like, keep smog out of the city? I don't
1: know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, at the weather guy, Andy Dick, at one point, it's like, you know, get out your smog vans. And if you don't have one, get a job. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Just, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and so for all of that, there is a reason that I was like, oh, Double Dragon, not actually the worst movie that we could be watching for our, you know... 90s video adaptation torture cinema. Yeah,
1: it's a less torturous torture cinema, for sure. You know what? I am impressed that you can say post-apocalyptic after drinking a lot It wasn't of that
2: much, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe it was. <laughs> but yes, I can still say it. Go me.
1: Jen was lying.
0: Good job. She didn't put in a full shot. <laughs> it was like a just a little sploop.
2: I didn't say I put in a full shot. I said I only put in like a half a shot because I would die if I put in more than that. Are you sure, Jen?
0: Are you (laughs) sure you just didn't put Popsicle in it? No, there was a lot of Popsicle. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. My tongue is blue. Can you tell the difference between Popsicle and alcohol, Jen?
2: Not when it's ever clear. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Just to be fair. But anyway, so yes, this movie, I'm putting it a C minus, which puts us basically at a C. Still at a C minus as an average.
0: Yep. Becomes a C minus-ish.
2: Nailed it. Yeah. So there we go. That's our show. Thank you again, Tanya, Woo-hoo! for joining us for this special edition.
1: Totally my pleasure.
2: I am sorry that Mortal Kombat did not win so that we could squee over Raiden. I know. Next time.
1: Next one time. One day. One day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And with that, I think it's time for Sean to say something super awkward.
0: No, you have to say all the ending stuff you're supposed to do first.
2: Ugh, God, I forgot. I don't have the script for that.
0: Memorize <laughs> it. You're supposed to be a professional.
2: Holy fuck, I we're nominated for
0: a Hugo three times.
2: I am not a professional. <laughs> That's really, I keep telling everybody I'm not a professional. All right. So if you would like to tell us why we're wrong or why we're right, you can find us... Online in a number of places. First off, you can email us at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at skiffyandfanty. You can f- go to our website and read past reviews and listen to past podcasts at skiffyandfanty.com. And if you love us, you could potentially leave a review on iTunes, which we'd really like because we are sad people and we need your love. And finally, you can. Become a patron at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty because uh, we need your money. <laughs> and I guess the final thing is if you would like to keep up with the rest of the team while we are basically on a sort of hiatus for most of our stuff, except the podcast, you can go to skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter to read the newsletter that Stephen Geigenmiller collates every single month because he is awesome. And in the meantime, you can find Tanya on Twitter at Miss you can find me at loop de and you can find Sean at...
0: At Sean Duke. And also...
2: And now...
0: No, no, no. No, we're not doing no what? awkward shit. I will do the awkward shit because I'm making an announcement.
2: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> this is your fault for not preparing. I sent you literally a 15-page dossier about this, and you just ignored it.
1: You're a liar. Okay, but well, why was it 15 pages? I feel like that's so extra.
0: It is extra, but like I was trying to keep Jen on track, and you can see what I'm working with, Tanya. It's really hard. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. fair enough.
1: We love Jen, but yes.
0: <laughs> we love you, Jen. Uh, I just want to say that thanks to Jeff, one of our Patreon supporters, uh, we are now doing a thing every single month that Jen will hate, but we're doing it anyway, which is, if we get 10 <laughs> new supporters on Patreon during that month, And anything is tied in the poll. We will have to watch any of the tied things. All of them. We'll have to watch all of them.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Jeff.
0: So that's the new thing. Doesn't matter if it's two, three, or four. If there's any tie and we get 10 new supporters, it it doesn't matter what level. That's what
1: happens. Sweet. So that means I get to come back, right?
0: If you want to do all four.
2: (laughs) Are you (laughs) are two.
1: This is my favorite show to do. So yes. (laughs) We'll
0: happily have you back.
1: Excellent.
2: Yes, absolutely. And now I think it's time for Sean to say something super awkward.
0: Well, I can touch myself when I go pee, so.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. And with that awkward (laughs) ending and scene...
0: If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash You can also find us on our website, skiffyandfanty.com, and on Twitter at skiffyandfanty. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The music for this episode comes from Sphere by Creo. You can find out more about their music at freemusicarchive.org.